You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 213 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Malisha. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. What's been happening in Gina world? I understand that you have been busy booking flights because you are such a jet setter. I sit here (laughs) with envy at the number of times that you get on planes and go to exotic countries. So where have you booked to this time? Uh, So uh, I booked two places, but the first one I'm going to is uh, I'm going to go to Scotland. So is that, uh, is that what it's called, Scotland? Lind, Scotland. Uh, and okay, Scotland. have a look around. Been on my list forever, Val, and so I decided okay. to go. I haven't even. I think it's going to be uh, mild. I'm not, maybe not mild, but not freezing. I should be able to cope. I'm going to drive around and have a look, and I'm very excited. Wow! Very excited. Cool. Yeah, and then there's another destination at the end of the year and I booked it both on the same day, so I felt (laughs) it was a good day. (laughs) I reckon. It sounds like it. Jeez. For for me, the travel actually starts, uh, I don't know if you do this, but the day Mm. you book the flights or the trip or the road trip or it doesn't matter Mm. where you're going, the travel starts that day in your head. Because you're planning right. it all and it's as good a feeling as like that lead up for me is really exciting. Uh, my, one of my favorite days of travel is the day that you're getting yourself to the airport. I find that really exciting. Um, oh. And then obviously the trip as well. So I try and extend it because I'm all about the travel okay. <laughs> for as long as I can. So if you book out a fair way, like if you book yeah. a trip for a year away, you've got a whole year to enjoy that trip really because the anticipation True. is exciting anticipation too. is good. Mm. Yeah. What about yeah. you? What about me? What What have I been doing? Mm-hmm. Not getting enough sleep is probably one, yeah. and um, and 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 watching Ozark season two. Oh yeah, my I, no, god! I don't get it. Don't get it. But yeah, you love it. Yeah. I mm. I love Jason Bateman. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I watched the <laughs> finale of Unreal. Val, I finally oh, last how night good I finished was it? it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Finally, I, love- I can talk to you about it. Did you love it? <laughs> yeah. You don't feel like they kind of jumped the shark in the la- <laughs> at the end? No. It was a bit much? No, no. Um, not really. I really – I thought it was resolved really well. Sorry, yeah. listeners, we all stopped talking about our television preferences because we know that you actually came here to listen about photography. So, in fact, Gina, maybe we can take that conversation offline. <laughs> 
<laughs> and talk about how much we loved or didn't love Unreal at some other point. Shall we do that? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> However, if any of you listeners also enjoyed it, hey, tweet us or connect with us in the Facebook group. Now, if you don't know, if you haven't discovered it yet, there is a Facebook group called So You Want to Be a Photographer Podcast Community, and it's an awesome community of listeners. So connect with us in there because um, we'd love to hear what you've got to say about photography. We'd love to see your photos, but also, if you want, what you think about Unreal, the television show. (laughs) But we've got some big news this week, right, about the mirrorless experience. Yeah. Well, it's been a kind of a mirrorless week. So last week I blogged about my experience with mirrorless. I think we talked about it on the show too. I talked about it and also blogged and it's a very passionate community, the mirrorless community. And uh, mm. so so we should be because we, go, we are all going the way of mirrorless and got a lot of responses. If you not signed up to my newsletter and want to join the conversation, then just go to the website, ginamilitia.com, and there's a little button that you can uh, hit there to, to sign up and you'll you'll get my thoughts on mirrorless and things. Can you hear Gary in the background snorting? <laughs> is that snorting? So just to be clear, listeners, Gary is not a human. Gary is Gina's dog. What, like a Shih Tzu something? What is it? Yeah, Maltese what, Shih Tzu. Shih Tzu like, Maltese. Roll, he's rolling around on, uh, I've got a new rug and he's um, like it. That they just love to sort of scratch. And, uh, <laughs> so there's lots of snorting. But uh, back to the mirrorless experience, got a yes. heap of replies uh, because I asked what everyone thought of their experience with mirrorless. And you can join. I, I am really keen to hear everyone's thoughts on what they're using as a mirrorless camera, why they went mirrorless and uh, what they love about their particular system and mm. whether, the, whether you're a pro or a not pro pros and cons and everything else. I learned a heap uh, in all the uh, emails and uh, replies that I got from, the, from that. So uh, that was really cool. But just announced as we uh, start recording this, Val, uh, mm-hmm. much anticipated uh, mirrorless from Canon, uh, the yeah. EOS. Ah, uh, yep, and uh, yeah, yeah. So, and and they've also announced like four brand new lenses, a new mount. Uh, like they're talking about a, a heap of stuff. And from what I've seen uh, so far on this, uh, I'm not going to be. I don't think I'll buy one. It's very similar to the 5D Mark IV, uh, mm-hmm. but it, it it lacks a little bit for me. This is not the pro. It's not a pro camera as far as I'm concerned. It's not not it's not targeted to pro shooters. I think it's more targeted towards uh, vloggers uh, because a lot of the, the lot right. of the, the stuff that they had in are, are, are basically set you know more for vloggers. And it's interesting that um, when they had the launch, uh, a lot of the photographers that they invited to launch the camera were all pretty much vloggers as well. So obviously you know mm. it's they're loving it. Um, so. It, it's got it like there's a lot the, the lenses look sexy new lenses uh, mm. so there's some sexy stuff there there's some there's some cool stuff that they've like the built-in um, ND filter that you attach between the lens and the camera body Val which is great for if you are filming with your camera instead of having an ND filter on the end of the lens you've got it in between so that, right. that's kind of a cool thing but you know stuff like uh, there's only one card slot and it's not a CF mm. which is the uh, the bigger cards that you use in your Mark 
2 camera. It's mm. the uh, the SD, the little flimsy ones. So, you know, it's, it's oh. all little things like that. Um, so, and obviously I haven't had a chance to get my hands on it, but, uh, yeah, it's it's all very interesting the way that was launched. Uh, whispers are that there is a Pro 1 being launched soon, so I'm right. going to hold off and see what see what that looks like. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting times for the world of photography because I think we we you know pretty much we everyone will be um, mirrorless soon enough. So, so I think you. that um, over the next week or so we'll get to, to start reading proper reviews because it literally only just came out after mm. we um, before we've we're recording this. So probably um, yeah soon we'll be able to see what actual users. Um, think about it. So very interested to know what people think. Mm. Mm. And if you if you guys listening have um, any experience with it, or if you've been so keen that you've gone and get yourself, you've got yourself a um, your own your own version or your own um, uh, camera, then let us know. Yeah, on social media so that we can see what you think. Yeah, can't, can't wait right, to see cool. the actual images that come back though. Yeah, so, um, be really keen to see what's going on. Yes. All right. So apart from Canon releasing their new mirrorless, um, I know you've been busy with the gold community. What's been happening with the gold community this week, Gina? Yeah. So this week I uh, put out a uh, headshot tutorial. So what I did, Val, is I did a mm. really in-depth tutorial on. I took it right back. So um, starting with basics. And if you as a photographer, as a headshot photographer, can master daylight, then from there, everything just gets better. So you always, daylight is the base and then going from there. So I I talked about like using daylight, working with ratios, working with all the different reflectors, and then also understanding and knowing how broad and short lighting can affect uh, how your uh, image looks. So that's uh, an in-depth tutorial there in the goal community. Yeah, awesome. And of course, if you're not sure what the gold community is, it's something that you should definitely check out. I was talking to Dean um, the other day, he's in the gold community. And sometimes there's so much, so many fantastic resources in there that it can be easy to forget how many valuable um, resources and tutorials people can go back to. Because I was talking to Dean and he was saying that he's got a client, he's going to be shooting headshots, kind of like corporate headshots. And I said, well, make sure before you do that, you check out the tutorials on headshots. It's exactly that. And he's like, oh yeah, I forgot that they were there. So very important. If you want to find out about more about the awesome gold community over at Gina Militia, Have a listen to this. Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing 
composing and directing models, lighting and post-production, you get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Gold community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. All right, so let's move on to this week's topic, which is really cool, I reckon. It's five simple ways to dramatically improve your portrait photography. Now, the thing is, there are so many photographers who do, you know, portrait photography is just part of their repertoire. It's part of their portfolio. And even if it's not, you get asked to do portrait photography anyway. Like Mm. if you're at the local school or at the local business chamber or whatever, I was just talking about Dean before, and he is being asked, um, you know, by a client who actually doesn't normally engage, even though he's an excellent photographer, that that, um, client actually usually engages him for other creative things, but they know he's an excellent photographer, so they've engaged him to do portrait photography. So, you're going to get asked anyway. That's why this topic is so useful and so relevant. So, where do we start on this, Gina? Five simple ways to dramatically improve your portrait photography. Well, I think the most important thing to think about, like just backtracking now, we talked about how exciting it is in this like sort of camera renaissance that we're going through at the moment with all this amazing technology that, uh, you know, is changing the, uh, the look and feel of cameras. But it's like you can have the best camera in the world, right? But... Mm. I don't think camera manufacturers, or I wish camera manufacturers <laughs> would develop that magic button that's going to make your portraits uh, dramatically improve and stand out. And it's mm. not, it's not the sharpness of the eyes, or it's not how much bokeh you get in the background. Mm. It is the the ability to see creatively and differently, to have empathy for your uh, subject, to be able to tell a story. And, you know, the camera that you use, it doesn't matter if you use, you know, a pinhole camera, uh, a, a, you know, a phone camera or a, a film camera, it doesn't matter. These techniques or mirrorless or DSLR, the, these techniques that we're going to talk about today are more important than the actual, you know, tool that you use. And this is what's okay. going to really dramatically improve your portrait photography. So Forget about the camera. Regardless of what kind of camera you've got, how fancy or unfancy, these rules apply. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Great. So... We start with the number one most, most important thing that you need to look at to improve your portrait photography, it's light. Light is everything. So if you sat there and you think, okay, what is the what what is that one thing that I need above everything else? If you don't have good light, doesn't everything else everything else will be secondary to that. So yeah. look for the light understand the light like we talked about that in the uh, tutorial I did with the gold 
community, about you being able to use daylight. And these are the steps mm. that I would go. A lot of photographers, cause the information is out there and freely available everywhere, Val, on how to light and how to do all of these things. People are kind of thinking, okay, well, I'll just put the flash on camera. I'll put five lights out and I'll get a, um, a great shot. But if you kind of can't don't understand the, the basic principles of how to use daylight first then adding extra lights is not going to make the portrait any better it's just sort of going to give you this mismatch so start mm-hmm. with understanding light and looking for the good light first so like if you're a a newbie to all of this and you're just starting out um what you want to do is look for good daylight and as a start, make sure that you keep the bright light at your back as the photographer. So it's coming from behind you, which means that the person in front of you that you're photographing is going to be lit with light. So if it's coming from behind, that light is going to be hitting them flat on the face. And that Mm -hmm. is kind of the most basic uh, style basic, of yeah. lighting. Super, super basic. But often a lot of people miss this. Now, now uh, like often I'll see images where someone's taken a photo and the light, the light source, the sun is directly above the person, which yeah. uh, as it, it the, the casts its rays down, what will happen is uh, like a face isn't flat. It, mm. Like a People's eyes are set back, so the mm. eye sockets, nose, uh, lips, things like that will cast a shadow. Even hair, uh, depending mm. on how it's done, casts a shadow. And certainly if someone's wearing a hat, it's going to cast a shadow. So if the light source is directly above, you're, you're going to be contending with those shadows. And that gives you uh, a greater, more contrast in the light. So um, just as a basic start, have the light behind you. So if you uh, have been asked to photograph someone in in a room and you're inside in a restaurant and I see this all the time where everyone will think oh why don't we just get everyone to stand in front of the window because right? there's a view and because there's a view and then they'll take the photo and then yeah, everyone's crazy. looking at the back of the screen going oh, everyone looks really dark and the background mm. looks really good and you know it's as simple as just turn everyone around and shoot mm. into the room yes. with the have the window at your back and that is like what that that is a game changer you do that with your smartphone and you'll yep. always get a good uh, image so look sure. for the light to start with all right mm. basic yep. uh, photography portrait 101 next level after that and so the other one Val which we've talked about ad nauseum is garage lighting where you've got uh, light coming down uh, and it's it, it'll hit a reflective surface and bounce light up so that's kind of next level where you can take the light the good light and mm. bounce it back into a someone so if you must insist on having uh, your, your portrait where they've got a window behind them, then try and find a way to reflect light back into the, that portrait. So that could be with a reflector or some yep. white card or in a restaurant you do that trick. You know, have you ever done that thing where you've got the tablecloth and all the food on it and you pull the tablecloth out <laughs> no. and everything stays there? Did I'm you never do that? Do that? Didn't you ever do that at home? Have you, you? Yeah, of course. Why? Why would you even because, do why would because you think, you see oh, I'm going to do and that? And you go, I wonder if this works. It works. It doesn't work all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, ridiculous. Okay. You, get to, you hold up the tablecloth and that'll uh-huh. work as a fill or 
even yeah. better, have one of those uh, pop-up five-in-one reflectors and use the white or the silver side. Uh, silvers are generally a bit hard. So for a beginner, I'd work with white fill. Mm-hmm. And even as basic, Val, as if you're going around and shooting um, portraits of people, wear a white shirt because then yes. you're, you're the mobile reflector. Great. Or so what you're saying is get the reflector or the white tablecloth or whatever and put it in front of the person so that yeah. light reflects onto and put it in front of the person almost like perpendicular to them so that the light falls on that and reflects back onto their face. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So um, the other thing you can do is uh, th- for next level is using bounce boards and okay. um, uh, yeah, bounce uh, like boards. cards to bounce stuff back. Sorry, I got distracted uh, by, Gary? by some mil- no millennials that have all come home. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so the millennials, everyone, um, it, and hey, Gina, if you want to go tell the millennials to be quiet, I'll just take over for a while. So yeah, the you, millennials, you do that. just keep going. I'm going to go. The millennials, tell them to everyone, be quiet. are Gina's children. <laughs> so they aren't sort of some form of alien that uh, have descended upon Gina's house. She has. Two children who are, surprise, surprise, millennials. And um, so they're not children anymore, to be honest, but I suppose they'll always be children to Gina. And they um, often come home and bring their millennial friends. So um, it's obviously uh, something that's <laughs> that Gina didn't realise that they were coming home and now Gina has to tell them that um, they need to behave like adults. <laughs> So, uh, are the millennials under control, Gina? Oh, yeah. I gave (laughs) them the, um, they got the Sicilian stair, Val. Oh, okay. I've busted out that for ages, yeah. Yeah. No, I know the Sicilian stair is very, very scary. I've seen Gina do it to people and it has you shaking, quaking in your boots. All right, so back on to lighting and um, using a reflector to bounce back light. Mm -hmm. So bounce back light and what you want is to work with, at a a beginner level, you want to work with low contrast flat lighting because if you think about anyone's face, and that can be young or old, there's going to be like lots of – crevices and bumps Mm. and lumps if Mm. you and like a really good exercise if you want to kind of understand how light works and what it does is get yourself a torch I'm actually Mm. out of breath from running to the other end of the house now (laughs) (laughs) okay get yourself a torch and do what get yourself a torch and get something like a um an action figure right oh yes Oh, and shine it at different points. So pretend you're the sun, the torches, the sun. Or a a doll or something like that. And just um, bring it and What action figure do you have? I've got, um, I don't know what his name, I've got a couple. So I've got like one of the Ninja Turtles. Turtles, And I've got this guy who You'll be able to tell from his belt. uh, No, no. The one that I've got on my desk now, he's Mm -hmm. like, in Lost his cargo pants, but that's oh. it. He's just got like cargo <laughs> pants and okay. boots on. Right. And ap- apparently he's like a well-known wrestler, but I don't know who who it is. 
Okay. So, but he's sure. got like rippled muscles on his torso, and it's like really a really good teaching tool because I can sh- you can shine a light. Yes, and, and, and see and where the shows, shadow is yeah. from the on the torso. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But you could do it with a Barbie doll. But Barbie has no. I don't have Barbie. Like, I have Thor. Oh yeah, he'd be good too. Mm. And I think the, the the male ones you are a better teaching tool because the the. Barbies are very smooth in the face because they've had work done. Right. <laughs> a lot of work. Like Barbie had ribs removed and all okay. of that. So yeah. you want if you've so it- <laughs> got some sort of something like that or even a even a yeah, that you can shine that light on, you'll see that when the when the light source is very, very hard, mm. high contrast light. You need it, to define is- hard for people. So hard contrast light, if you go outside on a bright sunny day where there aren't any clouds in the sky and mm. it's just the sun shining and you say you hold your hand out um, mm-hmm. between the sun and the ground, like, mm-hmm. you know, bring your hand out, you will get a sharp uh, shadow of your hand or anything that's between the sun yep. and the ground, right? Okay, yeah. So the sharper that shadow, the harder the edge, the higher the contrast of light all right. That's a great explanation. If uh, you go out later in the day and it's overcast and you've got like th- there are different levels of overcast, so it's, sometimes it's just like a very thin cloud cover, so it's just like mm-hmm. one layer of clouds. Mm. And you can put your hand out and you will still see a shadow, but it's very faint. It's a yeah. soft shadow. So then yep. that's a, a lower contrast lighting. And then on the day when it's like super cloudy, thick, like a thunderstorm kind of a day, there's like layers and layers and layers. Mm. The sun is still there putting light out, but the light is so diffused that mm-hmm. there are zero shadows. So that's the flattest kind of light. As photographers, we uh, try to, um, if we're working with artificial light, try and recreate those lighting conditions, right? So yep. you can have an artificial light and that's what the idea of adding an umbrella or a softbox or a beauty dish can recreate those different kinds of lighting styles. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, so that's um, the answer to high contrast and low contrast lighting. The reason I like very low contrast lighting mm. for beauty lighting is it's uh, more flattering because you're not putting shadows into wrinkles and creases, you're not getting raccoon eyes, so it's a much nicer way to light faces so you want right. soft light if you've got high contrast light then you you're almost you're accentuating detail too much mm-hmm. detail like uh, p- wrinkles and and things like that and you get shadow hard shadows so it's 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 harder to work with less flattering okay so yeah next level val you can take these sorts of lighting and if you learn about like next level lighting you can actually learn to use hard and soft light together you can combine the two and what you get in your portraits is you can start to sculpt the face with light okay and so by the amount of 
the, the, the relationship between the hard light that you use as your main light and then the fill lights that you use uh, to support that light. So basically the way I like to work with portraits is uh, you look at it like a, a, a rock band or a, you know, a, a band where there's a lead singer, that's your main mm. light now. So the lead singer's vocals can always be heard above everyone else. But the fill light comes in like the backup singers it's it's there to support the main light so you can change the ratio of your fill light to either make your portrait more contrasty or less Mm. contrasty depending Mm -hmm. on the effect that you want to create so there are a stack of tutorials uh on this uh in the gold i've linked uh to those as well that if you want to learn about that sort of stuff so you can check that out um in the show notes val but if you're going to pro and beyond uh you can have a look at the ways that you can change that ratio. And in the show notes, uh, I've also got the difference between how working with just soft daylight versus working with, uh, say, a, a softbox or a beauty dish and a reflector, how mm. much that can radically change how your portrait can look. So uh, we've got uh, two examples of that. And that's the, the simple... Uh, Thing of learning how to work properly with daylight and then taking that next level and using that daylight as a base and adding flash can radically change and really make your images all stand out. All right. So in the show notes, which you can find at GinaMilitia.com, there's um, a couple of sets of images or three sets of images that Gina has provided of portraits. Now, the first one is of a guy uh, with a really, really – character-filled face that uh, that she's taken um, and she's given an example of him in harsh or high contrast daylight and, you know, his face is very shadowy. But then she's also provided an example and you can have a look at it if you want at GinaMilitia.com where she's used a fill flash to create, to, to have a more dramatic look. Now, why did you decide on that Method that approach, Gina. Why did you decide on a fill flash as opposed to, I don't know, some other form of lighting for for this particular guy? So this, the so the the even though she shot this guy in the daytime, um, the background is fairly dark. It's very gritty, and the flash has given him this really gritty, grungy look um, on his face. Exactly that. So you can decide on the style that you light a shot will determine how that shot looks at the end. So I wanted him because this face is very gritty. There's stubble. It's weathered. uh, Mm. The wiry uh, eyebrows, even the beanie that he's wearing, everything about it, I wanted to create this grungy image. So it's all about like pre-visualizing how do I want this shot to look? And this Mm. is, I wanted to capture uh, all the detail in his face, uh, but being lit with just daylight, which is the light was uh, directly above, uh, created a look that wasn't um, very attractive. It's like his mm-hmm. eyes go to black mm. and it, it's shadowy. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, but but like lighting him, and I used. Val, I used so that's on the uh, my little zippy Fuji mirrorless, the X100F. It's got a little, um, it's got a little flash, <laughs> like those oh, little you mean retro. On it. 
Yeah, those little, like a little okay. tiny one. Tiny, oh, and you like use those that. Little retro, that's what I used for that How shot. How far away were you from him? I was right in his face. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I was like you had to six centimeters away. Reach. Yep. Wow. Because it's a 35mm lens and uh, what I've been doing um, lately is uh, pushing myself right out of my comfort zone and uh, I'm not one to I, – I don't often work with a wider lens because yep. it means I have to get really close and in people's space but I'm on a, a thing at the moment where I want to get into people's spaces so that's why I use that and I said, well, I'm going to have, give this uh, – little pop-up flasher go so i use that to to fill in in so so the point is you can use anything but it's going to work and whatever you have use it to to get the best results if you've got if you've only got a camera with one of those little tiny little pop-up light sources you can and if you don't want super super hard light you can diffuse that light so again think about what happens when the cloud comes over the sun and it softens it'll change the look of the shadows it'll make them softer you won't get those hard edges so you can do the same with your flash you can diffuse it as, as simply as using a um a bit of trace paper over mm. the flash to, to like a cloud or uh, even, you know, that um, translucent stuff that milk comes in, the two-litre milk bottles, yeah. the yes, plastic yes. ones. Yeah, that stuff, uh, when you finish drinking the milk, cut a little square out of that and you can make a little little diffuser for your pop-up flash for, for the cool. for the entry-level cameras. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so moving on from that guy, we also have um, a shot of a woman um, and it's shot sort of in an office environment, like in the corridor of an office, and she is smiling and in, and I think you shot her in soft daylight, but then yep. you give an example where you use a beauty dish and reflector as well, just the exact same yep. shot, exact same position, exact same pose even, um, almost yep. exact same pose, and except that you've used a beauty dish and reflector. And oh my god, the difference is phenomenal. Um, yep. She she looks fine in the first instance, but using the beauty dish and the reflector, it just blows out her skin, and it just makes her eyes also. You get the catch lights in her eyes more clearly. I guess that's coming from the beauty dish or the reflector yes, and um, both. it really makes the entire it makes her blue top she's got a blue sort of cobalt top it makes her top pop and um so yeah that's that it's it's made it's the, a world of difference um in in Pre- these two shots so and that's what was your simple production value uh values there valerie the the difference so the thought process when and a lot a lot a lot of photographers will shoot in daylight they'll turn up to a location and go the daylight is fine i'm going to shoot with daylight and that is absolutely fine uh, but the problem is and uh in the tutorial that I did on this particular shot, uh, this particular shoot, Val, mm. I go in and you, I show the difference between what you get as a file when you just use daylight compared to how the file looks when you add 
some sort of artificial light and that could be flash or it could be continuous yep. lighting. The actual, the way that um, the, the, the file looks is when you've just got daylight, you're also picking up all the sort of other artificial light that might be in, in, in the room. So in this instance, we had, I had daylight directly behind me, Val, that was lighting yep. the portrait initially. So that was flooding in behind, you would know because you were there. Yeah. Um, and, and then I, what I did, what I also had in the room was there was all those little um, downlights. Yep. And they're they're all different colors. And then there's neon lighting in the room. There's um, LCD monitors, and that mm. kind of all pollutes the color temperature and yeah. adds all these little extra fragments. So while it looks okay. When you compare it to a shot that's lit with, say, flash, which gives you a neutral look, um, it's it's a huge difference and you don't get all those uh, sort of rough fragments is the only way that I can uh, describe it. And, and the skin tone looks polished. And you use the word blown out, Val, but mm. it's not actually blown out at all. If you zoom mm-hmm. right into the skin tone, you can see yeah. every single pore on her skin and all yeah, the right. detail is there. It's uh, cleaner. It's a cleaner yeah, look. It cleans it, it up without mm. um, taking away too much detail. The other thing that I absolutely love about good lighting on a headshot and the thing mm. that uh, even if your clients or the people that you're photographing don't understand photography, like technically, yeah. they go, I don't know what it is about your photos, but they just <laughs> look good. And that's all they yeah. need to know. That's yeah. all they need to know. That, that like that's your photo right. looks better than someone else's photo. So that's right. the, and the thing that stands out is the sculpting of the face. You can mm. it, like take the same photo and just because of the way that the light falls off around the jawline and the side of the face, it adds sort of – it makes it look more three-dimensional, sculpts the face, and mm. the person just looks better. And like you said, adding that little light in the eyes, that catch mm. light, also uh, brings life to the shot. So it's just that – combining those little things that that next level stuff of taking something from daylight and taking and it's not it's not that much extra work Val at all once you get into the hang of lighting your portraits it's a no-brainer you don't even need to think about it you you almost you remember your settings and uh bang you've got a great great looking portrait yeah absolutely did you watch Westworld just as an aside no, um, I haven't gotten into that. Should I get into it? Uh, yeah, I don't think, no. We're not, no. no. But, um, what happened on Westworld? Oh, the first series was fantastic. The second series just got a bit confusing. But um, I don't know if you know, but it's basically set in a kind of like an amusement park where a lot of the people are robots. So you're right. not sure who's a robot or who isn't. But one of the things, I just kept observing the lighting in the entire show and one of the things that they emphasised like, ridiculously certainly whenever any of the robots were on screen it were and and a lot of it be, is filmed in like an interior it's also filmed in some exterior um shots but a lot of it is interior and um uh in in the shots that the robots are in they made sure that the catch lights were 
it's almost like they took up half the eye or not quite wow. half the eye, but it was really, really clearly and a very strategic or very um, clear creative decision that all of the robots needed like heaps of catch lights bounce um, in their eyes. Um and uh, and that look was consistent throughout. I think it was someone's job almost. It was probably someone's <laughs> job to make sure that that shot was always achieved. Um, but certainly catch lights, as you taught me, um, make such a difference in in people's eyes, don't they? Huge difference. And that's just like also a good way to learn lighting is even if it's as simple as mm. like when you're watching TV and in those close-up shots, have a look at uh, have a look at the catch lights in the eyes. Have a look how many yep. there are in the shot. How yeah. many, and you can almost uh, work out how how the shot was lit as well by just how many catch lights are in there. Yep. Yeah, and I said. But then you noticed- get obsessed, Val. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. You end up seeing it in all the TV shows. And all, of that. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to um, uh, the next the next section. So, what else is important, yeah. Gina? So the next thing that again you're not going to find this on a button on the latest and greatest camera Ooh, is yeah. the energy that you bring to the shot, and this I believe is the energy that everything you bring to the shot. The, the energy that you bring to the shot, which in okay. turn is going to affect the energy of the person that you photograph. It is yep. um, a partnership. So. For sure. um, what you do, your model is going to respond to the visual cues more than the verbal cues. So if you're saying, mm. uh, think about it, uh, if you're sitting there going, okay, okay, big smile, but, you mm. know, if you're tired and your feet hurt and you're hungry, mm. hangry, uh, hmm. and that's what's going on in your face or you're one of those people that has um, – Resting bitch face. Do you know oh, anyone yeah. like that? Right. So yeah. you might think that you're um, you, that you're really happy and excited and mm. uh, saying all the right things to these people and can't understand why the person looks afraid. Mm. <laughs> you, yeah. You might be one of those people that like and or or too intense too intense to get the shot. It's like, no, I want you to really smile, but you're in their face. So um, maybe if you get a chance, and it's really easy to do with uh, any smartphone these days, is just uh, get someone to film you doing a photo shoot. Uh, yeah, and have a look you don't at even have to get like. someone to film you. You can just, just set put it your up. Phone on, photo on a tripod. I mean, your phone on yeah. a tripod and set it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So because uh, most people don't know, and I, I've had to learn this myself, Val, about how I uh, respond to people, and I can see uh, there's been tutorials where I might be um, directing large groups, right, mm-hmm. and organising them, and then I'll, I'll watch back and I'll go, I'm a bit. I'm a bit full on sometimes and a little bit pushy. So, and it's good to see yourself because you go, I need to maybe curb that and just be, because if you're under pressure, you're going yeah. to be pushy. But so if you're aware yeah. of that, then yeah. you can learn to just let me take a breath, let me calm down. And also remember, like, even if you've been doing it for ages, remember that the person that's in front of you, it's their first time. Yeah. And everything is foreign to them. So it's like that is so important. So just like keep that in mind. Remember that the person in front of you, it's their first time in front of the camera. They're going to respond to you. So make sure that you're 
you, you check your energy basically and you, you, yeah. you bring it and that is the only thing that you're thinking about uh, for, for that time that you're in front of them so that, that they get your A game and in mm. return they're going to give you their A game. I think also because I've seen, as you know, I've worked with many photographers and some photographers who don't quite get that, especially if they're starting it, they're actually technically very good. So mm. their photography is um, fine. Uh, but what I find is, is because they want to be taken seriously, they're – overly serious and they're kind of they're there busy critiquing their own work and saying no we should move this here and there and we should do this and that and um and they do it in such a way that is 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 overly serious to the point where the subject starts thinking um it, it starts getting daunted that this is um, a bigger deal than it should be. So, yeah. yeah, very important that even if you want to appear really um, serious to your client to always make sure your subject is at ease or to whoever it is that you're shooting for, um, it, yeah, make sure your subject is at ease. Yeah, and just, right. just keeping the praise up too, Val. It's like, mm, when, you know, definitely. Uh, because sometimes photographers uh, in their head, there's a whole dialogue going on about, yeah. oh, wow, this shot's amazing. Yeah, I'm so good. Like, you know, yeah. high five myself. But they're yeah. not actually <laughs> saying that out loud. And it's not yeah. that you have to say, oh, my God, I think I'm the best photographer in the world, <laughs> which let's face it, I have thought that about myself, Val. I'm going to be honest, <laughs> put my hand up and be honest. I've taken shots sometimes and go, oh, my God, I love myself fully seriously right now. Uh, I you know, know because you've uh, said that to I've me. I've said it out loud too, haven't I? <laughs> What's my line? I should be a photographer. <laughs> but and so that internal monologue, and it's not like you need to say that all the time out loud, but just uh, a bit of reward to, and even if it's a CEO mm. who's been photographed a million times, everyone mm. wants to know that they're doing okay. So it's just a yeah. little bit of like, that looks great. That looks amazing. And if yeah. it doesn't, say nothing. And yeah. only comment on when it looks good. If it doesn't, you go, oh, hang on, I've just got a technical thing with the light and then I'm just going to get you to move that way, not mm. saying, um, oh, my God, your bum looks huge <laughs> at this angle. I'm going to – I need you to move around. So it's not nah, – still looks big. Nah, nah. No, at that point you just go, oh, I'm just going to um, – the, the light's not quite right at that angle. I'll just move you around. So, so always – you know, be careful what you say because people are, no matter how confident, how beautiful, whatever, how many times they've been photographed, everyone's sensitive about, you know, certain parts. So it's that's it. Just check your energy. Mm. I have a question with that and because I have, you know, commissioned photographers or been on shoots where they've needed to shoot, shoot a CEO or someone with a very limited time because they're yeah. about to rush off to a board meeting or they're, they're just and, – and, and apart from being time poor, some of these people are a bit high on their own supply and think that – you know, they're doing something quite trivial with getting those photos done and that surely you can take a photo in 30 seconds. Mm. So now, of course, it is very difficult to take a photo in 30 seconds, especially if you want to get a good photo and you want, yep. you know, to, to create something that actually looks nice, especially if that's going to end up in a magazine, which is where the, the world that I came from and that's why I was organising these shoots. Um and I have witnessed many of these CEOs basically um, rush the photographer and also just say, come on, can we get it done? Can you hurry up? Or, or that sort of thing. How do you – what is your 
strategy in that kind of situation where you know you you I'm sure you've been faced with um <laughs> that kind of situation. So what do you do? Many times, and, and it's like it's kind of like a, a comedian on stage that learns to deal with hecklers. <laughs> yes, um, it's the same thing because they're, they're there to kind of put you off your game. So first of yeah. all, when you are commissioned to photograph someone like that, you make sure that even if you get one frame, that's the only frame you need. So if they're giving me, uh, and it's not thirty seconds, they'll give you at like a minute. You've got a minute to get this shot. Then you say, that's great. I'm going to come in an hour and a half before that minute with my (laughs) assistant and I'm going to light the shot. And Mm -hmm. they'll let you do that. Okay. Yes. So you make sure that you're set up, ready to go. You've done pre tests and you know that the minute, the, and even to the point of getting a stand in that's going to be the same size as the CEO. All right, and so yes, that you make sure that stand in. right. So mm-hmm. you make sure that frame one, when CEO mm. goes in, you go mm. bang, and 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 it's like you're not going to waste their time. They've been told how amazing they are. There's no time for chit chat. It's all about being confident. Look them in the eye, shake their hand, and go stand there. And it's all mm. about like again, it's coming back to the. Um, uh, the the visual cues that you give to someone, not necessarily what you say. So people are going to size you up based on mm. how you walk into the room, how yeah. you hold your shoulders. So everything, so everything about how you greet that person and bring them onto set, you need mm. to be screaming confident so that yeah. they have confidence in you. So that you're you're the professional here. They're they're mm. you know you're telling them what to do. And mm. okay, so it all is hi. Um, Mr. Mr. Like Mr. Whatever. President, hello, or whatever, Mrs. Or Mrs. Pre- Mrs. Mrs. Prime Minister, whatever, Miss, mm-hmm. Miss, Mr. or Ms. Important Person, mm-hmm. VIP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. great. Okay, see this X. That's where I want you to stand. I need you to stand with your feet like this. I need you to turn your shoulders slightly this way. Your hands can be here now. See already, I've taken command. You're not going to even have a chance to stand how you want to. I'm telling mm. you what to do because and you're on my set. And you've already got the stand in to go into that pose so you know that pose works. I've already worked out the pose. So I'm going yep. to then, in the way that I bring him or her mm. on and get them to stand in that spot and mm. then I'm explaining it by I'm in the spot. This is where you put your hands and see, I'm yeah. going to be there in front of the camera. I'm going to take about eight to ten shots, okay? Great. There you go. Stand there. No time for I'm, I'm very busy, I'm very important. We know yeah. that. And then you get in front of the camera, you take a frame, you 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 hold them up, you look at them mm. and you go, that looks amazing. I mean, it's going to a couple more. I just need you to, and then you start tweaking slightly. And the whole time your voice is confident. And What do you mean by tweaking slightly? I might say, okay, so you've got them in position and say to CEO, you might have them hand one hand in pocket, one hand on right, hip right. or both hands right. in pockets. Uh, the tweaking might be the uh, how how far apart the feet are standing. You know how mm. far apart the feet are. I just need you to tweak, bring your feet in just slightly. That's great. Yep. I need you to rotate uh, slightly anti-clockwise, slightly clockwise. That's when you can try and break the ice if they they you know um, 
they move the wrong way, you know, no, the other left. And again, mm. you remembering <laughs> to use all your visual cues and things like this. But this is not the time to say, I really uh, uh, love your product and blah, blah, blah. You're just straight up professional, right? Yes. So it's tiny, tiny, tiny little tweaks. Chin up slightly. I need you to lean forward mm. slightly to me. I need you to lean mm. back. That's great. That's good. That's great. And just command that you're in charge no no hesitating yeah one thing I think is important to emphasize which you mentioned before but I want to reiterate that is that you go in and you actually pose in that pose so you show them I want you to stand this you know with your feet with this width apart and leaning against this and you actually go in and you actually stand in that spot with your feet that width apart with your hand in your pocket or whatever and I think that that is so beneficial and I will say having worked with so many photographers that I reckon it's 60-40. I think, yeah, other photographers do that. That's 40%. And but 60% don't. And I've always puzzled as to why not because it saves so much time. So uh, if, you know, I think that it's really important um, for our listeners that if you're if you don't already do that, maybe because you feel self-conscious or or something, it is actually extremely effective and saves you so much time. And then the subject the the inter the the subject um just gets it straight away this is how i'm meant to stand no confusion so, and plus yeah. uh you 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 look confident doing it you just believe yeah. it. i pull the face as well you've seen me do it i'll do yeah, the. Yeah. if it's meant to be smiling i'll smile if it's meant to be like i'm a, I'm a kick-ass ceo I'll, I'll be that i'll do that face and i'll not and that's also an icebreaker in itself that they see me uh doing it and uh yeah, yeah and then you 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 own the shoot. You're now okay. in charge. You put your stamp all over it and yep. they can see in a second, okay, this person knows what they're doing and that's what you want. And then from there, you generally get more time with them because yeah. it's not hard work. They're not they're not having to think of a pose. They're not feeling uncomfortable and they, they usually will give you a few more minutes uh, yep. and then generally if it goes well, then – from there on, you, you know, you, you'll get more work out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, great. All right, so what's next, Gina? All right, so um, the next one, which is also a game changer, also not a magic button, button on any of the new cameras, <laughs> composition and posing. And so uh, this is something that is so important. So you can take a great shot of someone, use garage lighting, have them dead square front on to camera. But little things like knowing how to tweak a body, knowing how to crop an image, knowing what angle a wider face looks best or and how to pose a fuller face and tweak without having to retouch uh, like double chins or, you know, just there are ways to pose a body and knowing this is going to make your images take them to the next level and they're tiny, tiny little tweaks. And again, it's like we talked about with that CEO, just knowing how to get them to stand slightly three quarter or get them to stand dead square to camera, how to make someone who is shorter look taller, how to make someone that looks uh, wide, looks look, you know, narrower, 
all of those things, those tiny little things worth knowing because that's what's going to make people uh, love their photos a lot more, feel more confident, look more powerful. So important, Val. And I think one of the best courses I've ever seen or gone through is your course called Calling the Shots, which um, you can find out more at genomalicia.com. But Calling the Shots is all about how to pose people. And I I, I was there for, you know, the entire creation of the course and it is so comprehensive, so good, so interesting and you break down all of the things that I've watched you do over the years but it was so interesting to see them all broken down in how to pose men, how to pose women, how to pose in groups, how to pose couples and how to pose headshots and um, there are, you know, very clear structured techniques to be able to get that perfect shot. So, um, uh, yeah, just shout out to that course because I certainly learnt a lot from it. It was fantastic. All right. Thanks, Val. What, what, what next, Gina? All right. So um, white balance, and this is something right. that often gets ignored because it's like it's not something mm. that people see as important, but this is the one thing that like you, will make your images look uh, less professional. So, you know, it just Mm. says, I'm an enthusiast, I'm just starting out, I don't really know what I'm doing. And it really is such a simple tweak and such a simple habit to get into that once you – and it's kind of like uh, to the untrained eye, you're not going to notice. When you first start taking photos, all you're going to see is, uh, and I can remember from my experiences, all I cared about, Val, is mm. A, first of all, when I first started shooting, whether there were an image turned out. If I got an image, I'd be like that 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 person that kicks Win. a goal in soccer. The shirt comes off, woo! You know, yes, so happy I got okay. an image. Then yes. you go up to next level. Uh, I got an image that was sharp. Okay, then yes. I was happy. Okay, but the which I struggle thing, with. But yes, yeah. The well, last I thing with, with with people that is yeah. But you're not looking at the actual colour temperature or the colour balance of a True. shot. And, yeah. mm, and it's enough. the first thing I see when I'm looking at shots and, yeah. um, you know, people in the both, both the Facebook groups because I've been on a white balance kick this week have been getting um, images back going, yeah, if you just tweak the white balance a little bit, yeah. here's, it's a huge difference. So straight out of camera and depending on the camera you've got, now the different cameras camera systems have a different look to them. So some, uh, the white balance as a default uh, in the camera is quite super saturated. So you'll get really very orangey looking skin tones. And then other cameras are a little bit more neutral, but across the board, all the cameras straight out of camera, straight the the raw file is not going to look a hundred percent correct because the white balance is going to be out. Now, most cameras have something called auto white balance where it'll Hans, the guy who invented all DSLR cameras, okay, yeah. responsible for all of them, put this little uh, magic button in the camera that says, okay, what I'm going to do when you take a photo, if you turn on auto white balance, I the, the, the camera is going to look at the scene and decide what color temperature it should be and how much magenta should be in it, how much green, how much blue, how much yellow, right, to make up yeah. a good image. 
doesn't always get it right. And the white balance that you choose for your image is also um, – if you're doing art images, how warm or cold the image look is going to have um, an effect on how that image is seen. So that can be part of your creative process, Val. So like mm. your color palette in your paintings at the moment, you you go through phases, I notice. You're on a pink phase at the moment, right? So you're having yes. pink tones <laughs> that you're loving, but then, you know, there'll be other times when you're so into blue. It's all about blue, right? And so that's how you're telling your story and photography is the same. So that you might, as a photographer, prefer warmer tones or you might prefer cooler tones or you might prefer a combination of both. And and um, to start with, but if you're going to be doing this, you want to have the right white balance. So next level, um, mm-hmm. aside from using the uh, – auto white balance that Hans gives you with each camera that you buy, you can go <laughs> next level and use something like a grey card or a yep. colour checker or you can use auto white balance where you find a neutral tone in the image. Like if someone's mm-hmm. wearing a white shirt, mm-hmm. you can take a white balance reading uh, off the um, – underside of the shirt where it's a bit gray because it's in shadow or I use the whites of the eyes. Uh, We talk about this again a lot. We'll take you step by step in the goal community how to do this. But there is an example in the show notes, Val, where you've got a face Mm -hmm. and on the left-hand side, it's un- uh, it's not white balanced, and on the right hand side, it has been white balanced, and you can see the difference. It's not um, super obvious, but it, it does make a big difference. And if you're yep. the kind of photographer that is out there and wanting to get their work noticed by to next level by art directors and things like that, or you're working on stuff that is color crucial, you must learn correct white balance so that your images do look correct and you know fashion and things like that where it's important that if your the company's selling red shoes that they look Mm -hmm. red (laughs) not purple or not you know don't have a green tint or things like that so that that's uh, also a great game changer all right white balance so important all right what's next so the last one uh, for today, and there are a, f- a few more, but we uh, these are the, the, the like the most important ones I think at the moment. So post production is again game changer, and it's kind of like I look at post production as in um, it's just that 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 finishing. It makes things look finished. You know when you blow wave your hair on a humid day, Val. Mm-hmm. Blow wave it straight. I, uh, your hair is straighter than mine, but I think we both have the same issue with frizz. Yeah. Or the hairdresser blow waves your hair. Uh, yes. And if they were to just blow wave it and then they didn't put any product in at the end, what what yep. happens? You get those, you know, they get those frizzies at the top or at the side, and it doesn't <laughs> quite look polished. Or if you no. go out and and uh, you don't iron your shirt. It still looks all right, but it's not quite. <laughs> it's just like me every day. 
yeah, I get it. <laughs> or there's a bit of uh, cat cat hair hanging off the side of you, yeah. you know, <laughs> things like that. You just It's just that extra polish. It's not going to make a difference to your day. It doesn't mm-hmm. really make a difference to how you look, but it's just like it's just a bit crisper if you do like iron the sure. shirt or put the, put the serum in your hair that gets rid of those little frizzies. So that's yes. post-production on a portrait. So you don't have to do this and there are different levels that you do this, but the very basics are just going to make your image look a little bit cleaner and a little bit more polished. So that's uh, as simple as. And what I do is when I'm looking at a portrait and there might be a blemish, if that wasn't there a week ago or it wouldn't be there in another week, I'm going Mm. to take it away. So that's, you know, the... I had a jar of Nutella last night and now it's come up in my skin three days later, kind of blemish. You get rid of that, you know, little blemishes. There might be a bit of red from a, like, you know, for a guy shaving rash or a girl shaving rash, depending, Mm. you know, so things like that or little things like that. Or maybe because it was a bit warm in the room and you use flash and there was a bit of perspiration on the forehead and you might get a little bit of shine there, Normally that wouldn't be there. I might mat that down. So they're the kind of things I do with post-production and also the white balance, some burning and dodging, and I might just uh, crop the image as well and bring out detail in the eyes. So there's an example of uh, that also in the show notes and uh, the difference it makes just adding that polish to an image. Yep. Absolutely fantastic. And actually, in another episode, we should just touch on burning and dodging just so that some people who might, may or may not know um, what we're referring to, um, uh, you know, we can just have a quick chat about that. But we'll we'll save that for another episode. So, yeah, definitely post-production. Love it. And just those little things can make a huge difference. So true. All right, cool. Well, they're great, Gina. They are simple ways to dramatically improve your portrait photography and they do make a big difference and I definitely agree that number one, the number one one which you dealt with as number one was it's all about the lighting and everything yeah. else flows from there so um, I'm sure people found that useful. Do let us know if you uh, picked up some tips there on this particular episode we'd love to hear from you but that brings us to the end of this week's episode so where do we find you online Gina? So you can find me at ginamilitia.com, so that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A and uh, also at Gina Militia on Instagram and Twitter in the Facebook podcast community as well, Val. And if you want to connect with me in person and you want to take your photography to the next level, then I encourage you to check out the gold community. So that's go to ginamilitia.com and click on join the gold community. What about you, Val? You can find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also in the Gold community and, of course, the podcast Facebook group. So you've been listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.